Turn there with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We've been going through this all year long. Today we're going to talk about the topic of adopted. The full title for today's message is on the website. It is adopted to sonship. Everybody say adoption to sonship. Thank you. We're in this wonderful passage. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. You guys haven't got bored with Ephesians yet, have you? We're just right now in the fifth verse. I hope you haven't. There's so many goodies to come. Read your Bible every week. 20 minutes is all it takes to do your homework for this class. All it takes is 20 minutes. Read the whole book of Ephesians or listen to it by audio. Look at this passage here. Ephesians 1, 3 and onward. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with some spiritual blessings. No, what does it say? With what? With every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do you now know why we have the sermon series in Him, in Christ? That's the point. We need to be in Jesus. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. That is what we went through last week is how you were chosen. God has a purpose for you. Now keep going. In love, and let's read verse 5 together, what we'll be learning today. In love, He predestined for adoption and You all off. Let's do it one more time. In love, he for Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Thank you. We'll be learning about adoption to sonship. It's not very hard to be a pastor in this church to come up with messages. All I have to do is just read the Bible. And Paul in the Bible keeps giving me these messages. Do you see the title of today's message? Adoption to Sonship. Good thing I don't have to follow along with the newest movies to start a movie series, uh, a sermon series on the movies, Finding Your Hidden Power Ranger. Aren't you happy that I don't have to dig back into the stories of my life and tell you about Sparky, my pet dog who got hit by a car? And aren't you thankful all I have to do to preach in this church is look at the Bible. Amen. He predestined us for adoption <coughs> to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Are you encouraged yet this morning? Amen. I know some of you, you watch the news, you get discouraged. You look at the world, you get distressed. You look at yourself, you get depressed. <laughs> look at the Bible, your soul will be at rest. Amen? Are you hearing good things this morning? This is what we come to church for. Amen. And look at this verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. How many are happy that one day Jesus is coming back? Yeah. You know, many times the, uh, the world looks at this as all there is and they find their purpose in this and we know when judgment comes, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be screaming out, oh no! Oh no! Oprah Winfrey's going to be like, oh no! Don't destroy my, my Oprah empire! Bill Gates will be screaming out, oh no! Don't take this from me! And the Christian will be like, oh yes! Oh yes! Set it on fire, Jesus! Make the world right, oh God! What's that are you going to be on? The oh no's or the oh yes? I'm ready for Jesus to come and bring it all under his authority. So many times people say, I have a problem with evil. God should get rid of it all. Okay, we'll start with you then, you know, because you're pretty evil, right? 
So listen, that is the answer, isn't it? Jesus came to deal with inward evil. And if you haven't had inward evil delivered from you, he will deliver you from this world. That's what hell is, the deliverance from evil. Hello. God will deliver us from the evil one. I'm very happy about that. Amen. Amen. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen. Having been predestined. Now notice in verse 4 and 5 the same concepts were there. Chosen and predestined. He comes back to it in verse 11. I'll need you to reference that with me later on in this message. So catch his thought here. In him we were also chosen. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out some things in the conformity with the purpose of his will. Is that what it says? No, sir. God only works out the easy things. No, you know, it's not that impressive if I always know what I'm going to say. If I said, hey, you want to see a trick? You want to see a trick? I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Is that a big trick? No, it's a trick if I can tell you what you're thinking. It's not a big trick if I can say, you know what, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You ready? You ready? I'm going to raise my right hand. That's not a big trick, is it? But if I know what you're going to do, that shows something, doesn't it? But God not only is playing a trick in that magic sense or the world, you know, trying to do those illusions. God has it all planned out, but he's given you choice to do it. And so God is not forcing your hand to raise. He just knows whether or not your hands raise. Come on, somebody. And so that's the magnificence of God. He's not playing chess against himself. There is a real opponent. There is a real devil, but he knows what steps he's going to take. Our God is all-knowing. Amen? That just blew some of your minds. You're still catching up to that one. I need to get that one. Where was that one going, Pastor? But that's okay, because we'll be talking about those nuggies of predestination and everything working out to the conformity with the purpose of His will. Verse 12, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. You know, I normally don't get you praising in the middle of the service, but would you set down your Bibles or your phones, and would you just raise up your hands and give God praise right now. We were made to praise. We love you, Jesus. We're so thankful that we are here today as the trophies of your grace. We were made to praise. That's what you were made for. For the praise of His glory. Amen? And you also were included in Christ. You hear that again? In Christ. When you heard the message of truth. When were you included in Christ? When did all of this start to happen in your life? When you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Somebody say my salvation. My this salvation. is not just the gospel of my dad's salvation. My grandma's salvation. This is the gospel of my salvation. Your salvation. When you believed. Not when you did good works. Not when you went to church a whole bunch of times. Not when you started doing nice things to your neighbor. But no. When you believed. That's when it first started. You were marked with the seal. The promise. Holy Spirit. It was started and finished at that moment. Amen. Who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. Amen. Can I get an amen for God's word amen. today? This is the mini-series of our greater series. So when you take on a whole book of Ephesians like we're doing, that's six chapters. That's about, you know, 60, 70 verses. we got to break it down in chunks. 
We took on the first two verses, preached a bunch of messages. Now in those verses, 11 to four, uh, 3 to 14, which you just read, we have the verses that are coming to you now. Just a way to organize it for you. Also, I recommend study Bibles. You can find them at Bible Gateway or the Bible app. So as you read through the Bible, you can see commentaries, and you'll notice they break down sections as well. So this mini-series of the greater series in him is the 14 things that Paul is thankful to God for. Did you catch them? Many of you have been around now. Have you been seeing them over and over again? So he starts off with saying, I'm thankful. I praise God that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. We've talked about that. That he was chosen to be holy and blameless. Today we're talking about his thankfulness of being adopted as a son. The glorious grace of God will be next week. The week after that, the redemption and forgiveness. Lavished with wisdom and understanding. Knowing God's mysterious will. Unified with Christ. God's plan. Made to praise God's glory. The gospel, marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit, guaranteed inheritance in God's possession. How many know that's some good preaching right there? All I have to do, once again, as the preachers, is go back to the Word and say, Lord, help me make this relevant relevant to the Chicagoans. Because if it meant something to the Ephesians, I want it to mean something to the Chicagoans. And so let's look at today's definitions, because it's about ready to get deep. Everybody say, deep. It's about ready to get deep. We have to tackle right now. Listen to me. Everybody give me your attention, please. We have to tackle right now in this service the most complex understanding of the things of God. This, to me, is the hardest thing for people to wrap their mind around. I don't even think it's the Trinity necessarily. I honestly think that this is the hardest subject for Christians to wrap their minds around. And how I know this as, as it's even more complex than the Trinity is that all Christians agree upon the Trinity because you can't be a Christian without believing in the Trinity. But there are multiple views on this. Some people pitching their tents, staking their ground, saying we believe this and if you believe it another way you are wrong. Let me give you an example. So there's a belief system called Calvinism. And Calvinism says God said it from the beginning. He arranged it from the beginning. Heaven and hell is his choice from the beginning. And if you go to hell, it's because he has overlooked you. And that's what he's destined you for. It is, it destined you for. It is what it is. And if you go to heaven, it's because you've done nothing for it. He chose you and that settles it. That's Christian fatalism. They stake their claim there. You will see them online. You will see them oftentimes on Facebook. They're Christian brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong. But they take such a hardline position on that that if you disagree with them, they'll argue with you all day long. How many know what I'm talking about? Ever argue with the Calvinists? Some of them online are like Paul Washer, Mark Driscoll, John MacArthur, uh, a lot of the ones you see on uh, Moody Radio, Calvinists, Moody Professors, Calvinists. And so they come from this very fatalistic mindset that since God knows everything, if He knows it, that means He determined it. And if He determined it, there is no autonomous free will. Free Free will is an illusion, and you only do what you're destined to do by God. Now, on the other flip side of that, there's a group called the Open Theists who stake their claims and say, we're the exact opposite of you. We disagree that God is in control in that meticulous of a manner, but we agree with you on one thing. And that is if God knew it beforehand, He must have determined it and taken away choice. So you know what we say? 
God has limited his knowledge and doesn't know what happens beforehand. He is an open-minded God to the future just as we are and he experiences with us. So notice that both the Calvinists and the open theists make the same mistake to believe that if God has to know it, that means he has to force it and there are no other options besides fatalism or God doesn't know it. Now, we don't uh, side with either one of them. The open theist is wrong because the Bible is full of prophecy. The Bible explains continually that God is all-knowing. He holds past, present, and future in his hand like a book. Are you listening? And we know that the Christian fatalist is wrong. It's because the Bible over and over and over again says, choose, choose, choose. I want to do this, but you did this. Now I have to punish you. He even looks over Jerusalem and he says, how I wish to gather in your children, but you wouldn't let me. And he says many times in the scriptures, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Seek after me and you shall find. Hello. So there's a middle position. And guess what? The middle position is right. And that's where you're at today. Yippee. Now if you were at the other church, they would say they were right, right? But I mean, this is really complicated for so many. And I think that what makes it complicated is that we don't go through the Bible thoroughly, verse by verse, to, to see what's happening. Even the Calvinists and the open theists are guilty of taking things out of context. And we don't want to be guilty of that in this church. What we want to do in this church is see the context of what Paul is saying. So let me give you the definitions here. Predestined, number one, to be decided beforehand, predetermined. Now the Bible is very clear. I'm going to go over these verses again. The Bible is very clear that we have been predestined and predetermined and that God is in charge of what he is doing. He gets to make the call. He gets to decide. But that doesn't mean he takes away our choice. We're going to get to that in just a little bit, but I really want you to know that word, it just simply means predetermined or decided beforehand. Now adoption means to be brought into a new family. How many do that definition? You feel pretty smart in church right now. You know? I got that one. I got that one. Okay. And then sonship means to be made in the image of Jesus. Made in the image of Jesus. Now, brothers, if we lost our online feed, just go from your phone and let them pick up from there, please. Look at uh, how it works, okay? These concepts now have to be brought into the context of the Bible. Before I go back into Ephesians and to what Paul said, I want to review what we learned last week. I want to show you what Jesus had said, because who comes first, Jesus or Paul? Jesus. Jesus. Who does, who does uh, the one, uh, what's the foundation? Is Jesus the foundation for Paul, or is Paul the foundation for Jesus? Jesus our foundation. See, that's how it works, right? So we got to go to Jesus first, because Jesus comes first, explains stuff to us, and then anything that comes afterward from the apostles will not contradict what Jesus originally said. Are you listening? So if I send you on a journey and I say, hey, I want you to go get me some milk, but on your journey somebody comes and says, Joe says he wants you to go kill a dog, are you going to believe them over what I had told you? No, you've got to believe what I told you first. Are you listening to me? I told you go get milk. Now they say, well, Joe said now me to tell you he doesn't want milk, he just wants you to go kill a dog. Are you just going to do that? No, what are you going to do? You're going to come back and check the script with me before you believe them. You're not going to believe that thing that they said over what you knew I told you. Are you listening? Yes. Are you listening? I get an amen. amen. You guys got to pay attention. Otherwise, I'll just be.